Hey, uh, welcome to uh, Monday's edition of Talking Financially. It's a little late, but long day. Anyway, uh, something from the Federal Times. Paying of benefits. Biden requests a higher federal pay raise for 2022. Federal employees are likely to see a robust increase to their pay as the federal, um, Biden administration's budget request for fiscal year 2022 released May 28th includes a 2.7% average increase for civilian federal employees. That pay raise would give feds more than triple the increase authorized by President Donald Trump for 2021, though not as much as the historic increase passed for 2020. The budget, this is in quotes, the budget acknowledged the complex and long-standing challenges facing the federal government while reflecting a commitment to innovation, improvement, and performance. The federal worker workforce uh, is composed of the dedicated public servants who work to improve the lives of the American people. The budget demonstrates the administration's commitment to them, uh, all in quotes, the the analytical perspectives of the budget uh, state. The increase is not quite as high as some legislators proposed at the beginning of the year, which would have included a 3.2% increase for the feds. But Biden's proposal does keep the federal pay raise on par with the proposed military increase, which also was set at 2.7%. In quotes, while we are supportive that the long tradition of military and civilian pay raised power parity has been honored in the president's proposal, 2.7% is simply not nearly enough to compensate for, for the losses in buying power of federal wages and salaries over the past decade. Uh, American Federation of Government Employees National President Everett Kelly said in a statement, in quotes, on average, federal workers are unpaid, underpaid by 23% compared to those doing the same jobs in the private sector and state and local government. We ask Congress to support the modest 3.2% increase included, included in the FAIR Act. According to the budget documents, the 2022 pay structure also ensures more federal employees are eligible for a $15 minimum wage which falls in line with the Biden administration's goal to bring both federal contractors and employees above that hourly minimum wage, uh, threshold. The fiscal year of 2020 uh, analytical perspectives also emphasize the change in the changing education demographic of the federal workforce, which has become a central uh, data point in a debate over whether federal employee compensation is on par with the private sector. this whole thing. There's a couple of uh, stories I want to talk about. Uh, that one and where is the other one at? Right, okay, and the first one uh, was uh, feds could add 50,000 new workers under Biden's 2020 proposal. There we go. Uh, this is, um, which part of this was? HR, basically. Uh, President Joe Biden's fiscal year 2022 budget anticipates a more than 50,000 full-time equivalent, equivalent 
basically the equivalent there we go uh employee increases increase to the federal payrolls next year as part of concerted efforts to attract younger young and expert and expert workers to federal service the largest part of that increase will go to the department of veterans affairs which anticipated to see a 19,100 employee increase over the number of employees on the books uh, for 2021. The Department of Labor is also expected to see a 13.5% increase in its workforce with 20,100 more employees added under the new budget and the Department of Housing and Urban Development is expected to see a 9.6% increase with 800 new employees. The IRS is also slated to receive $13.5 billion under the proposed budget, which, according to the National Treasury Employees Union, would help pay for an additional 8,493 full-time employees, including a $410 million adjustment to, adjustment to improve tax enforcement programs. This is in quotes. Rebuilding the IRS workforce after a decade of cuts is essential to making sure our tax cut is enforced. Fully and fairly, we will urge Congress to follow through on this proposed proposal and help improve enforcement and customer service at the IRS. NTU National President Tony Reardon said in a statement, it, The 2022 budget also reflects a ramping, uh, ramping up civilian personnel for the Space Force with a planned uh, nearly 1,000 full-time equivalent uh, employee increase around uh, across the operations and maintain and maintenance and the research and development portion of the agency. The employment increases also reflect the Biden administration's commitment to improve quality, equality uh, and labor management across the U.S. with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and the National Labor Relations Board, each seeing a more than 13% increase in employees next year. Now, let's see, apparently there's going to be a new background investigation initiative will inc include everyone by the end of 2023. Let me go with that. And again, all this is being, uh, being reported from Federal Times, which I don't really do this many, but anyway. Okay. So the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agencies, new program for continuing, continuously monitoring individuals with security clearances Trusted Workforce 2.0 should have all agencies and contractors onboarded by the end of 2023. The agency's director, uh, William Liazu, Liazu anyway, uh, said at a May 26th roundtable with the House Oversight and Reform, uh, Reform Committee. Currently, most federal employees are and contractors who hold security clearances have to go through a reinvestigation every five to ten five to ten years, depending on their clearance level. Not only does this reinvestigate, um, not only does this reinvestigate uh, interval run the risk of allowing someone who may develop a security compromise to continue to hold a clearance until their next reinvestigation, but it also contributes to the back backlog of background investigations as investigators must collect years of data at once to make a determination. Workforce 2.0 instead aims at to have a clearance holders undergo continuous vetting 
meaning that investigation systems are continuously collecting data about individuals to evaluate their security risk. In quotes, we want to increase the number of data points that we're collecting and we want to make it go across the entire U.S. government workforce. We're not quite there yet, but we're well on our way in the last year, said Liazzo, uh, explaining that they currently have 3 million clearance holders transitioned into the trust workforce one of uh, 1.25 program an intermediary step on the way to full 2.0 rollout. According to Brian Mazanak, Director of Defense Capabilities and Management of the Government Accountability Office, DS or DCSA, has made good progress in resolving some of the programs or problems, excuse me, with the background investigation process, such as getting the backlog of investigation down from 725,000 in 2018 to a steady state of about 200,000 today. But the agency will has, uh, still has more work to do in, to ensure that they continue to have success. In quotes, uh, these are promising developments. However, there are some areas where we think more attention is needed, specifically in the area uh, areas of research planning and workforce management timelines measuring performances and performance and building out the necessary IT for trans, trans, transformation uh, specifically the DCSA needs a more comprehensive plan for how many more research resources and employees it will need to support the continuous evaluation elemented element of trusted workforce 2.0. A large component of the preparedness for a trusted workforce 2.0 will come from transitioning to the new National Background Investigation Services IT system, a comprehensive replacement for the outdated legacy IT systems taken from the Office of Personnel Management, which is currently predicted to fully deploy by fiscal year 2023, according to a February 2021 agency fact sheet. And quotes, one of the things that we saw in the last year was the NBIS was not really on track to para, uh, parallel with what the Performance Accountability Council was taking our policies. So there was a policy expectation to move in the direction of trusted workforce work 2.0, but that required an IT component that wasn't going to be ready, said uh, Liazzo. And though uh, Mazanak said the GAO worries that the master calendar does not accurately reflect how long NBIS implementation will take and it could end up negatively impacting the timelines of the, the program members uh, the Congress and federal contractors hope that the new system, coupled with continuous monitoring, will help improve security clearance uh, reciprocity between agencies. In quotes, if we can all eventually get into a singular system that has all of the touch points, that will allow much more, more rapid checking of data, said Liazzo. 
It quotes, coming from industry myself, I saw those problems with reciprocity. Uh, you could come up with hundreds of uh, anecdotes of what a ridiculous situation and how long it takes them to get on the job. I, I looked into it when I got here. And Assistant Director for Adjudications, Mariana Martino, and her group in Adjudications were already working the, uh, working the issue. At the time, it was about 65 to 90 days to get a reciprocity decision just within this agency. And last month, she had it down to six days. Next month, we're averaging three days for reciprocity decision within the DOD. Now, that doesn't cover the entire U.S. government, but that is a majority of them. Uh, Martineo. I guess uh, herself agreed that all agencies references referencing the same system and being able to pull more up-to-date data would help to speed the process along. But reciprocity, where a contractor or federal employee working working under a security clearance for one agency is accepted at the same clearance level uh, at a different agency is also uh, stymied by different differing standards for uh, acceptability across different agencies. All federal agencies are required to adhere to the same base standards, but certain agencies or programs can place additional measures on their security clearance adjudications, such as med medical evaluations or polygraph tests based on the nature of their work. And of course, that's, that's, I think, where a lot of challenges, uh, that's, a, I, that's, I think, where a lot of challenges in, recipro in reciprocity begin to manifest. Then, Mazeno. Okay, that's... Yeah, okay. Anyway, there goes your fed news on that one. Um, I wanted to kind of... A couple of days ago... I was saying that uh, on another episode of this, or maybe it was uh, my actual uh, show on YouTube, where I said that uh, the the uh, states that are taking these three hundred dollars extra minimum wage, or minimum wage, excuse me, unemployment benefits, um, are are basically sacrificing their own jobs, basically. Um, and that it looks bad on the fact that if they're worried that the employee, that the worker uh, who is getting the $300 extra in unemployment, it, it, they're worried that that's keeping them from working, that says a lot of bad things about the uh, about their wage and, and jobs and all that stuff. What I forgot to mention also was uh, adding the possibility of them may or may not be being okay because that I don't know the exact amount of um, the unemployed that have children, but it's my understanding that under the um, last act that they had just uh, passed, that there's that, uh, that, that child credit, I believe that's depending on the ages and the amount of kids you have, that could pay you, I think, up to $3,600 a month in regards to kids, and uh, that includes health care, schools, and other things. Or at least health care and food and, and, and stuff of that nature. And if that's the case, uh, I, do, I still do think that uh, the country needs one more stimulus 
because right now, until uh, next year, the prices of goods and services are still going up. But some people, and I do mean the people that are more of a daily and monthly consumer instead of people who can set aside a little bit and then consume, like the uh, upper middle class types, I think... Um, I think for people like myself, my partner, and or my fiance, and others in our tax bracket, uh, we would need a little bit more because the cost of living in certain areas might be higher than others. So if we, so if they had the reoccurring at least a thousand dollars a month, that would help a lot of people get out and maintain um, above poverty until. The jobs that come back pay a livable wage, and my only my, my only concern about that is, since it is not a federal mandate for minimum wage to be fifteen bucks, unlike what I just said, that doesn't include um that doesn't include places like the McDonald's that have right now offered um, more than fifteen bucks depending on your position you're entering on. Um, it leaves them up to uh, up to themselves with regards to whether they want to keep the employees at that wage, and if they don't, that means they're going to take they're going to take away that wage and put them down back down to what the say the state minimum wages are right now, even the federal minimum wage, but it's not a livable wage. So my first thought is the the federal the the not the Fed, but the Congress needed to pass a $15 minimum wage that would have taken five years to freaking implement. Um, they should have passed that. I don't think they should have not passed it because that just leaves everybody else in a lurch. And that, leaves that, and that leaves it up to the big corporations at their whim to bring in people, hire them at that, but eventually uh, they're going to I think they're going to eventually treat these workers as seasonal workers in regards to wages and hours. Uh, they're going to put them back down to, say, 10 bucks an hour and cut their hours, which then, well, they've cut their benefits. So we're going to be a square one. So unless the federal government actually does pass the $15 plus minimum wage, I just see that happening in a year, a year and a half or so which would allow the cost of living to go up and in ways to stagnate once again. Uh, I have to remember, and you have to remember, that some people do not learn. They set the economy up to failure because that's what they want, uh, that's what they want to happen, is for certain classes to fail so they can make more money in the long run. This is why we need to elect non-Democrats, non-Libertarians, non-Republicans. Uh, we need to, we, right now we need to literally uh, bring in the uh, people who know what a currency issuer is compared to a currency user. That's, we need MMTers to be elected. In my in my view, if you do not know MMT, if you do not know double book accounting, you don't get my vote. Anyway, 
Um, that's the, by the way, happy holidays or Memorial Day or whatever the heck it is. Sorry, I don't normally celebrate or even I barely acknowledge any holidays depending on how it affects my life. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe for 90 cents or um, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, all capital uh, slack network. I'm going to start putting them more stuff up there uh, between one and one and 20 bucks. Uh, if you want to, uh, it would, those, those kind of tiers they have up there. Anyway, uh, again, thanks for listening. I will be back on tomorrow, like usual, with news and with talk MMT, and later on, of course, with the same thing. Um, yeah, boat MMT. Uh, basically, that's it. Boat MMT, and make and make sure that our politicians know we need a balanced deficit, not a balanced budget. Balanced budget takes money out of our pockets. Balanced deficit puts keeps putting money in our pockets so that we can act what we're supposed to act as, and that's consumers. That's how this country rolls: is on consuming consumption. People need to have money to consume, to buy, to sell. Uh, in order to sell, you have to buy. So there you go. Thanks for listening. Uh, hashtag LearnMMT. Hashtag Slack Network on Patreon. Peace out for now. Thanks for listening.